You are listening to Seattle Growth Podcast, available free on iTunes. I know that since we did the first memorandum of agreement with Mr. Hansen, a lot has changed. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that would pass the city council today. Seattle City Council member Tim Burgess discusses the council's role and outlook on a return of the Sonics on today's episode of Seattle Growth Podcast. I'm Jeff Schulman, a marketing professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. In this season of Seattle Growth Podcast, we are exploring what a return of the Sonics would mean to you and life in this city. Whether you're a basketball fan or not, this weekly podcast series will give you an in-depth look at how a return of the Sonics would affect the city's children, community, real estate, traffic, jobs, and more. But things are starting to move really quickly. Just today, February 8th, 2017, Chris Hansen's investment group submitted a new proposal for their arena in Soto. The group's original request for the vacation of a block of Occidental was turned down by city council. But this new proposal promises 100% private funding, a joint scheduling agreement, and the condition that the vacation will only be valid if a team is secured. Prior to Chris Hansen's proposal submitted today, I had the opportunity to sit down with City Council Member Tim Burgess. He gave great insight into how City Council will approach the process of paving way for an NBA-ready arena. By listening to this interview, you'll have a better understanding of how the Council might react to today's proposal. I am here at City Hall with City Council Member Tim Burgess. Tim, thank you for joining me yet again. You're welcome. Happy to do it. Uh, so in the time since we've last spoke, uh, you've announced that you will be retiring from City Council after 2017. What do you hope the people of Seattle will remember most from your 10 years of service as City Council Member? Uh, gosh, um, I hope that they will view my 10 years on the City Council as thoughtful and um working for the greater good of everybody in Seattle. Um, but they'll be the judge of that. I, I, I have no idea what they're going to think of my time on the city council, actually. Thank you for your 10 years of service to all of us. Um, I want to switch gears. Uh, efforts are underway to bring Seattle Supersonics back to Seattle. Can you take us under the hood of city government and, and just share what is city council's role in this process of bringing an NBA professional franchise here? Well, we have no direct role. I mean, that's something that the league will decide whether they're going to uh, award a team to Seattle. But what we have done so far is uh, both in our Soto Arena agreement and what we might do at Key Arena at Seattle Center is to kind of set the table so that there's a place for that team to play. Uh, but beyond that, the city doesn't have a direct role. And I think, you know, all of us, even though we don't have a direct role, but we do have an indirect role, I think, you know, all of us would love to have the Sonics come back and someday have a professional hockey team here as well. What is City Council's responsibility or roles or requirements as it relates to building an arena? So if I want to build a house, City Council probably isn't getting involved. Uh, what is City Council's involvement in an arena process? A uh, great question, and it depends on where that arena is going to be located. At the Soto site, which Mr. Hansen has been pursuing, uh, he actually has the right to build that arena there. The um, land use code for that area says that an arena can be built. The complicating factor for him was uh, his property is divided by a city street, and he needed that street vacation, or he needed the city to sell that street to him, which he would pay fair market value for in order to combine those properties and therefore have a site suitable to build the arena. And the council, um, contrary to my opinion, did not grant that 
Street vacation. If it's at Seattle Center, um, the city has more of a role to play because Seattle Center is a city property that we own and manage. Uh, and we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. What kinds of decisions get made by the mayor's office, by one of the mayor's delegates, and what decisions get made by city council as it would relate to any other site beyond the Soto Arena site? Well, if it's the key arena site at Seattle Center, the mayor has announced that he's going to run a competitive process uh, and receive proposals from whoever wants to participate as to how they would remake key arena suitable for hockey and basketball and other activities as well. The council won't have a direct role to play in that, although the mayor has been consulting with council members, until a contract is presented for approval, and the city council would have to approve that contract. So pretty late in the process uh, for that site. Any other site in the city, uh, it would depend on what the zoning code says for that particular location. But the only two sites that are being actively considered are Soto and Seattle Center. And so you voted for the street vacation Do you want to explain your reasoning behind that vote? Well, we have a memorandum of agreement with Mr. Hansen that uh, goes through the end of this year, almost to the end of this year. And uh, one of the steps in that agreement is that the city would give consideration to the street vacation. Um, I thought that the city uh, officials who studied that issue and presented the street vacation uh, proposal to us, had done a good job, and I saw no reason to deny the street vacation. I was always very skeptical of the claims made by the Port of Seattle that an arena at that location would damage the port. I just, I just don't believe that that's the case. But some of my colleagues felt differently about that, and so you know that's part of our process, and uh, I was on the losing end of that vote. Now, that was not a vote to uh, give him permission to go ahead. Um, that was just a process vote. He still would have to get a team before the city's uh, contract with him could be executed. Now, he has since said that he doesn't need the financing from the city. So that presents a whole new situation. And Mr. Hansen has indicated that he's going to propose again and ask for the street vacation uh, to be reconsidered. You said you you had some skepticism about the impact on the port. Is there any information that you've seen that has led to that skepticism? Well, and I, I've been very upfront with the commissioners who serve on the Port Commission and their staff that I just don't think they made their case. Uh, they presented a lot of information to us. Um, but even their own traffic studies and the city's traffic studies were, were at best mixed. And if you rely on the city's transportation planners and experts that we retained... Uh, there would not be any measurable negative impact on the Port of Seattle. And that becomes even more true as we fund the Lander Street overpass and continue to make uh, improvements in the Soto area on transportation, including the heavy haul corridor that we've agreed to do with the Port of Seattle. So I, I think if there is any negative impact, there's ways to mitigate that. Um, but I, I don't think the impact was going to be particularly um, cumbersome on the port. I think the Mariners could probably argue more persuasively that uh, unless specific steps were taken to protect them and their parking garage and their schedule, I think they had a stronger case than the Port of Seattle had. One of the concerns raised by people who work in the port is that this will, that an arena would then bring about more development and more people and buildings that uh, take up industrial lands. 
Is that a valid concern that the arena would, in fact, be a catalyst for further change in industrial lands? I, I don't think it is, but we have to be careful when talking about that because the uh, new proposed arena would be built within the stadium overlay district that's uh, down in Pioneer Square and Soto. Um, and I do believe that we should relax some of the regulations inside the stadium overlay district to allow that neighborhood to become a flourishing neighborhood and successful. But outside of that stadium overlay district, we have very strict land use codes um, that would not allow the types of development that I think folks are afraid of coming there. What are the next steps City Council may take as it relates to arenas, uh, and what's the timeline? There's nothing in front of us now, nothing scheduled. Potentially, if Mr. Hansen asks us to reconsider the Occidental Street vacation, we, we could do that. Or if the mayor presents us a proposal for uh, Seattle Center, we could consider that. But there's nothing that's been scheduled or nothing that's on the immediate horizon for us to consider. And if Mr. Hansen wants you to reconsider the street vacation, what's the process by which city council would move on that? So he would apply for the street vacation again, and it's my understanding that he wants to change the terms so that he would no longer need the sale of public bonds to give him public financing. He is asking for the waiver of some city taxes, which... um, you know, is a form of public subsidy of his arena. And so that would all be considered if, in fact, he sends a new proposal to to the city for consideration. And does that go through a committee or does that go straight to the council as a whole? And if it goes through a committee, which committee go, does it so go? So typically street vacations go through the transportation committee. But uh, I think there's enough interest among council members that almost all of us would show up for those committee meetings. And so... It seems that uh, there's been time spent, uh, the city spent some time in exploring the street vacation, and now there's time and effort spent on the key arena site. With all the challenges facing a modern city, why is city government spending time on the issue of a sports team? Uh, Well, some people would say that's a very good question and that we shouldn't be. But I think the way I looked at it going back uh, many years now is that uh, professional sports have a role to play in the um, economy and in the culture of a city. Uh, I think, you know, having a sp- professional sports team uh, like the Seahawks, for example, or the Mariners, um, or the Storm, uh, the women's basketball team, has generally been a plus for the city. Um, and I think city government needs to do what we can to make sure that those activities can flourish. Now, what we can is the key thing. And, you know, should there be public financing? Should there be waiver of taxes? Should there be other special uh, privileges granted? We have to decide that on a case-by-case basis. Um, I know that since we did the first memorandum of agreement with Mr. Hansen, a lot has changed. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that would pass the city council today um, based on what we know today. So, Again, if, whether it's Chris Hansen or whether it's one of the groups responding to the key arena proposal opportunities, uh, you know, the council will act when we need to act, and there's nothing in front of us right now. And, and what has changed? Well, I think um, the fact that one of Mr. Hansen's investment partners, Steve Ballmer, was able to write a $2 billion check and buy an NBA franchise certainly signaled that maybe public money is not needed. Um, I think there were some activities that Mr. Hansen engaged in in Sacramento um, that 
you know, would not have gone over well here had he done that here in Seattle with regard to the election that they had there. But we'll see. I mean, whether or not public money should be spent on public-private arenas is a very hot topic for discussion. And there is tons of academic literature on this point that's mixed. Uh, At the time, we agreed to the agreement with Mr. Hansen. I think we did a good job of protecting the city and the county's financial interests, and we lowered risk as much as we could. But again, if that was in front of us today, I think the outcome outcome would have been very different. And is that outcome that would be different based off of your hopes or just based off of the makeup of who's on the council now versus who was on it back then? I I think it's a combination of all those things. Um, Again, Mr. Hansen has the right to build on the property that he owns in Soto. And if it wasn't for the street vacation, he may be in construction right now. So uh, we'll just have to see what proposal he sends, if he sends a proposal to the city going forward. And so what do you personally see as the potential impact of a professional basketball franchise on the city? Well, some of us are old enough to remember when the Sonics won the NBA championship. And, you know, that was a lot of fun. And that was a positive impact. And I think sports, um, whether it's at the college level, the amateur level, or the professional level, really can be a positive element in a city or in a region. You know, the, the Seahawks, the Mariners, the Sonics, the Storm, they're regional teams. They're not just Seattle teams. And, um, you know, I think we'd like to have them back. In terms of the impact, as you're weighing, do we invest the time and resources into maybe bringing professional sports back versus investing the time and resources to enhance performing arts or other ways to build that community and excitement? How do you relate those those two kinds of decisions and priorities? Well, I don't think we have to choose between those. I think we can do all of that. Um, and we do. Seattle is a very generous city when it comes to investing both in public art and in our nonprofit uh, cultural arts groups in our city. And that's what, you know, is a holistic approach to what it's like to live in a city. I think Seattle faces a really big issue coming up soon, especially because of the new administration and in Washington, D.C., and the denigration of the news media and journalism in general, and the economic pressures on uh, traditional journalism like print newspapers, for example, or radio news, which is declining. I'm very intrigued with this idea of a center for public media at the Seattle Center where we would, either through uh, rent um, waivers or reductions or capital investments, we would make sure that our nonprofit, objective, independent news um, outlets like KUOW, uh, like uh, KEXP, Crosscut, Channel 9, the Seattle Channel, and others could thrive. And I think city government uh, has a role to play there, much like the federal government did way back in the 70s when the Corporation for Public Broadcasting was formed, which then led to PBS and NPR. Um, Government has a role to protect and defend a free press. Uh, And I think this is a role for us here locally as well. And that kind of answers your question about what do we focus on in the arts, cultural, area, I would include a free press as well. And so are they complementary or competing interests? Uh, Probably both. I think they are complementary. At some point, they'll compete. But I guess that's our job and our wisdom to sort through all of that and make the best decision possible. Has anything changed since the Sonics left to 
uh, be encouraging that there could be a better outcome the second time around if they were to return? So I'm not an expert on why professional sports teams change cities, but I think the ownership is the, is the key issue. Um, when the Sonics left Seattle, they had gone through an ownership change. And when the NBA uh, owners group voted whether to give the Sonics the permission they needed to move, only two owners voted no. And one of those was Paul Allen, who owns the Portland team. Um, I don't think Paul Allen is looking to move the Seahawks or anything like that. And so ownership is critically important. In his case, he's very invested in Seattle and and loves this city and continues to contribute, not just in professional sports, but in a a wide variety of ways uh, to our city and the city's success. So I think ownership is really key. How likely do you think it is that the NBA franchise Supersonics come back to Seattle? I have no idea. I hope they do. And I hope city government does what we can do to make sure that the league knows that they would be welcomed here and that we would encourage them. This is a great market, and I think they they get that. And, um, you know, what we hear um, behind the scenes is that they they would like to come back to Seattle, but I don't think city government can make that happen. We can certainly set the table so that it is more likely to happen, but um, those are decisions that are made outside of City Hall. And what do you think the Supersonics would mean to you personally? Well, I tell you, right now I'm a Husky women's basketball fan. They are red hot and doing really well. Um, And I tend to follow college sports more than I do professional sports. I think what we talked about earlier, sports teams and the whole uh, environment and atmosphere around sports is a positive thing for communities. It's positive for people like me who are observers and just want to you know, watch and be caught up in all the excitement and the enthusiasm of a team winning, hopefully. Uh, but it's also positive for our young people, especially when athletes, whether they are amateur or college or professional, behave in ways that uh, we can look up to them and that they can be real role models for kids in our community. Uh, sometimes they're not, but most of the time they are. And, you know, they're usually pretty quiet about it, but it's it can be extremely positive. And then there's some economic benefit as well. It's a little more difficult to pinpoint that, but uh, clearly having an NBA team in Seattle would be great. We showed that it could be great before, and I think we could do it again. Any concluding thoughts on the Sonics and the future of Seattle and their potential future here? Well, maybe in a few years we can go to a game and help cheer them on to victory, but that remains to be seen. Tim, it's great to see you again. Thank Thank you very much for your time and perspective. Thank you very much. That is all for today's episode of Seattle Growth Podcast. Have an opinion to share about the Sonics? Reach out to me on Twitter, at Prof Shulman. I'm eager to hear your perspective. Stay tuned next week to hear from two previous owners of the Sonics who are attempting to bring them back. You'll hear an in-depth interview with the co-president of Nordstrom, Pete Nordstrom. Well, I think the prospects of being able to have an arena that works is the biggest thing that was really the catalyst for why it sold we in our arena situation we were not able to generate enough revenue and you'll also get an in-depth interview with longtime sonics executive wally walker i just want to go to some games it would be such a cathartic event there's so many diehard sonic fans that it would just be such a, a, a great experience for our city and again i would argue whether someone's a sports fan the fact that the team is coming back would be a just a 
a great marker for you know who we are as a city and how we've grown and, and how we've learned. Next week's episode will give you a better understanding of the Soto Arena Group's purpose, plan, and next steps. And be sure to subscribe to Seattle Growth Podcast on iTunes. This season features interviews with Lenny Wilkins, Slick Watts, port advocates, city leaders, business leaders, residents, academic experts, and more. You will not want to miss a single episode. I'm Jeff Schulman, and I'm eager to take you on this journey in the second season of Seattle Growth Podcast.